I'm KJ and welcome to Midwest Bias. It's about Central Standard Time you tried us. Sorry y'all, I had to. Seriously though, thanks for giving this new podcast a try and I'll tell you, when Jason and I decided to put Speaking of Tangents on hiatus almost a year ago to the day, a little bit over a year ago actually, I don't think either of us knew at that time, along with all of us really, that uh, we were about to enter a global pandemic and it would be an entire year of not going anywhere or not doing anything, no holiday gatherings, sick friends and family, and uh, you know, many, many people lost to COVID-19. And um, I don't have to rehash how hard the pandemic has been for anyone. I mean, we all know how hard it's been. And also not just the pandemic, but also the the murder of George Floyd, um, the election and all that fiasco, and the insurrection at the Capitol, all that stuff. Anyway, in hindsight, it was probably the worst time for me personally to have stopped that podcast because all of a sudden, you know, again, I was doing nothing, going nowhere, um, nervous and anxious pretty much all the time, not sleeping, uh, not sleeping well, I guess, and pretty sure my mental health was suffering a bit. So I tell you all that to say that uh, I'd been thinking about doing this, speaking of tangents or SOT spinoff, and calling it Midwest Bias for at least three or four months now, maybe, maybe a little longer. And it took me a while, but I finally decided to move forward with it. And as far as SOT goes, if Jason and I can line up our schedules, we'll record an episode of SOT from time to time as well. Okay, so that's the story behind why I'm doing this new podcast. And before we move on, I'll just give you a little more information about what each podcast episode, or at least how I'm visualizing each podcast episode to go before I introduced our very first co-host. I can't guarantee we'll follow the structure each time. I mean, this is a Speaking of Tangents spinoff after all. But here's the plan of how we'll run the show, for mo- or at least most shows. I'll start each show with a little story or a monologue, if you will, uh, kind of like what I'm doing right now. So if I'm going to say anything serious, it's probably going to be here. Really not aiming to be serious, just like speaking of tangents. Once in a while we did get serious on that podcast, and once in a while I'll probably get serious on this one. But if I do that, I'm doing that in the beginning, and we're not going to dwell on it. If nothing like that seems warranted, i got nothing to say. We'll go right into the interactive part of the podcast where I bring on a co-host every episode. The co-host each episode will be another Midwest chick. I wanted this to be a woman-run show. In fact, this would be a good time to shout out to my sister-in-law, Jenny, for designing the fabulous logo for this podcast. Thanks, Jenny. I had her add a couple Easter eggs in there, so if you find any, let me know. Maybe you'll win something, but probably not. So shout out to Jenny. You can find her work at JennyOnstead.com or hit her shop on Etsy up at Juniper Berry. That's Jenny with an I, J-E-N-N-I. All right, so anyway, this will be the interactive part of the podcast where the co-host and I will answer your questions or discussion topics that you've sent in, and we have a, a few today that we'll get to, so thanks in advance for all you that sent the questions in. We're not going to get to all of them the first episode, but we'll try to get them the next time. I've also got a few fun segments planned that we won't do every episode, but we'll do them from time to time. In fact, we'll do one today. And then finally, the last part of the show, we'll bring on a guest from a different region of the country, 
or the world to have them give their biases. Sometimes we'll have them answer one of the questions from the previous co-host segment, like we do today. But we'll also ask them to plug their part of the country, world, and convince us why we should go there. And by the way, when I say guest, I mean guest expert. Now, you may come to find out that we use the term expert loosely, but I mean, everyone's an expert in something, right? And that's it. That's the podcast. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling now, and I'm going to bring in our very first guest co-host. Please welcome to the show, the Hall of Famer. Oh, that sound means I've got some SOT splaining to do. From the SOT podcast, the Hall of Famer was the nickname we used to refer to my wife. She'll always be the Hall of Famer, because if you're a Hall of Famer, that's what you should be called. She's also a Wall of Famer, so she's a Hoff Waff, Hall of Fame slash Wall of Fame. She's also recently been asked to be on the board or committee to select future Hall of Famers. So I'm not sure what that makes her. Hoff Waff Boss? I don't know. Maybe you guys have some ideas. But I should probably tell you she's in the Women's Hockey Hall of Fame. It's a D3 university in Wisconsin. And now that I've explained that to those non-SOT listeners, if there are any out there, back to the show. Welcome, babes. Thanks hey. Thanks for uh, joining me and making your podcast debut. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm not used to uh, having, you know, both of us sitting together talking into a microphone, the same microphone. So we got two chicks, one microphone here. Hopefully the sound is okay. Um, I know that the Hall of Famer has uh, teacher voice, gym voice, as you yeah, call it. It's my gym voice. So we're gonna try not to be too loud. But anyway, let's. You got. You want to ex- say anything before you, before we get dive into these qu- listener questions, or do you no, want to just go? No, just my first podcast, and maybe my last. I mean, who knows? We just have to see. I guess how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you are being evaluated each second. Um, okay, so let's get to these questions. Um, thanks to everyone who sent questions in. We're gonna we're gonna get to some of them. We're not gonna get to all of them. So at least we know we'll have two episodes. <laughs> if questions don't continue to come in, I guess what's gonna happen is we're either not gonna have a podcast, or you're gonna hear me ramble on about issues that I have, which uh, nobody probably wants to do. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you hear enough of that every day. <laughs> yep. All right, so the first question comes from Patrick Moffat. Um, actually, Moffat sent in two questions. So we'll, we'll do the first one first because that's kind of how it goes. And it's perfect for this podcast because it's about the Midwest. So the question is, what exact area? I'm going to let you take this first one and then I'll just chime in if I totally disagree with you or whatever. What exact area do you define as the Midwest? Please provide borders and or landmarks that produce a defined boundary on all sides. And please insult multiple people and locations in the process. So, go. All right, this is easy. Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. That's it. Hands down. Nothing else. <laughs> okay, I, well, I think we're going to disagree. Okay, well, here, here's why I, I think this. I am a Midwestern girl. I was born in, in Minnesota, moved to Wisconsin in, in fourth grade, and have only lived in these two states. And I'm only thrown in Iowa because I've grown to love Iowa through the wifey, 
So I'm willing to throw them in. But if I have to add more states, I'll add in North Dakota and South Dakota. But that's where I draw the line. And even them, I'm like, ah, just so, tough, tough. So you're basically, you're basically talking about the upper Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, which is really all it should be is the Midwest. Yeah. Not this yeah. upper Midwest business. Well, I think that where we live is the best part of the Midwest. Yeah, obviously. Um, Hands we've, down. We've got the, we live in the Driftless region. Yeah. So it's very bluffy here and very pretty. Um and we think it's the best part of the Midwest. Well, and plus, Minnesota and Wisconsin, they have a lot of lakes and cabins. Like, everybody goes north to go to the cabins. And there's beautiful trees and in the boundary waters. Mm-hmm. Like, north Dakota, South Dakota, what do you have? I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay, you got some stuff, but whatever. Well, you better hope my mama doesn't listen to this podcast or my crazy aunt. having They're both born and raised in North Dakota. I've been in that area north dakota yes i know you have um used to carney in that area <laughs> that's right why not why not yep um so i guess technically the midwest is 12 if you google it yes. most websites are going to tell you that there are 12 states north dakota south dakota nebraska kansas minnesota iowa missouri wisconsin illinois michigan indiana and ohio too much and, you know, despite what I've said about the central time zone, you can't really define it by the central time zone because the central time go- time zone goes all the way down to Texas. Yeah. So that doesn't and work. they are not Midwestern. But I do kind of think of the western border as stopping at the central time zone border somewhere like in Rugby, North Dakota. Because at that point, you're, you're going from a little bit, of, and South Dakota too, you're going from flat farmland to... Thank you, farmers, though. But, I mean, it's just not, it's very windy and it's plain. You know, the Great Plains. When you get to the western border of North Dakota and South Dakota, that's where you're starting to see the Badlands and you're starting to th- see things change. And Montana, I do not consider Montana my home state. I am a honorary Midwesterner. Um, Montana is totally um, in the northwest or western, whatever you want to call it. But once you get to that border... To me, I don't consider the far western region of North Dakota and South Dakota as Midwest, but I do consider where, like, where my mom grew up to be Midwest. So, time out. Are you are you willing to say that part of North Dakota and part of South Dakota is Midwest and part is not? Yes. Oh, I need I need strict yeah. boundaries. Like the whole state is, or the whole state is. Well, you've already defined the Midwest as. Pretty much Wisconsin and Minnesota, and you're only saying Iowa because you want to get in my family's good graces. But Iowa definitely belongs in the Midwest, according to me. So okay, (laughs) no, but but I also consider so back to the Central Standard Time. I consider Michigan totally Midwest. I lived in Michigan my whole childhood in the summers and over Christmases, and the people are very similar. The landscaping is similar. Uh, lots of lakes in Michigan. Okay. Um, but they're all, the entire state of Michigan, except for I think a little bit of the UP, is Eastern Standard Time. So I'm forgiving you, Michigan, for Eastern Standard Time, but I believe, I will claim you for Midwest. Ohio, I can't claim. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, no way. No way. 
Ohio, Indiana too. Indiana, mm-hmm. I'm on the fence about Indiana. No. Um, if you look at, if you think about it as small towns with, you know, quaint little towns and farmland and farmers meeting at the coffee shop at 6 a.m. to have coffee, I think Indiana will qualify. I've never really thought this hard about what the Midwest is. I just know we're in it. Yeah, we go. And it doesn't it have to do like with people's attitudes and stuff? Yes. Like, yeah, and, and how they talk. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, I think sure. if you say the word pop, you're a Midwesterner. Yeah. I don't know what that means for me because this podcast is called Midwest Bias. I don't really, I guess I've said pop in my life, but I've also said soda. No, you've got some Midwest bias in you, though. Yeah, I mean, I've lived here most of my life. I am Midwest bias. Yeah, I've lived here most of my life. But yeah, and if you say bubbler, you're a Midwesterner. Oh, come on. You don't say that? That's a Milwaukee, actually that's a Wisconsin, but mostly Milwaukee um, thing. That was a mistake on their part, that's okay. Um, And, you know, the other thing is, I think of Jason Fuse, he grew up in Ohio, I don't think he lived there very long, but I'm going to say that nothing about Jason Fuse screams Midwesterner. So Ohio definitely doesn't belong in the Midwest territory. No. Uh, Illinois, I could, again, Southern Illinois, Southern Indiana, I'm not sure. You're starting to hear a little accent come, a different accent than the Midwesterners. Um, you're starting to hear a change in that. Same thing with uh, Southern Kansas, probably, Southern Missouri. I think the northern parts of Missouri... And maybe the northern Indiana, I could say, is Midwestern. Yeah, and I'm all or nothing, so I say leave them. Okay, leave them. Yeah, all right. they're out of it. Okay. All right, got to move on to question number two. Uh, again, Patrick Moffat, where do you expect the Twins to finish the 2021 20, season? Division champs? AL champs? Middle of the pack? Please find a way to insult the Red Sox in the process of answering this question. It will provide needed fodder for Sully, Miller, and the entire Moffat family to continue our complaints right through opening day. I'll take this one first. Um, I think the White Sox are going to be a big problem for the Twins. They picked up a lot of good players. And I also think as long as Tito is the manager of Cleveland, I think Cleveland's a problem. Now they got rid of Lindor, so that's going to be a big hole to fill. Yeah, I think they're rebuilding. You, you think they're going to... The White Sox are going to be better than them? I do. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. I think that's probably true. But the White Sox and Cleveland finished only one game behind the Twins last year. Now, I, we kind of need to just throw 2020 out because of you know, they only played 60 games. I did this a couple years ago, and I said the Twins would win 90 games, and I was wrong. I overestimated, but I'm going to do it again because in t- 2019, they won 101 games. So I'm going to give them 90 wins and 62 losses. 90 wins and 72 Fair losses. Um, and I, I think they're going to end up, I'm not sure if they're going to be division champs or wild card, but they will make the playoffs. I will say that the Yankees are going to be a problem for them. If if the Yankees, if they play the Yankees in the playoffs, I'm going to say they'll get over the hump and get one win, but the Yankees will beat them. If the Yankees get eliminated, they have a good shot of being the AL champs. In no way will they win the World Series. Um, I think the Twins fan would consider a quite a big monkey off their back if they won at least one game against the Yankees. Um, Tampa Bay is not going to be a problem. Well, I shouldn't say that. Tampa Bay is very good, but they did get rid of a, a few key pitchers. 
and the Red Sox are certainly not going to be a problem, especially no. because they took a, they 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 took uh, the Twins' throwaways in Marwin Gonzalez. I know. I know he hit three home runs the other day in a spring training game, but that's a spring training game. He's never he he never lived up to the. He was a good defensive player, but he never lived up to the um, offensive number. He never lived up, and that's what I'm worried about with Andrelton Simmons. Um, Polanco didn't play great at the plate, but anyway, most we'll stop talking about baseball. But I'm I'm excited for the season. I was not excited to watch games that much last year. I'm excited to get back to the stadium. I finally feel like we can do that if, as we're getting vaccinated here. The Twins just announced that we were going to be able to go to games, so that I'm excited for. What, what say you? Well, you kind of stole my thunder a little oh, bit. Well, yeah. well. Yeah. But, you know, great minds think alike. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think they're going to be division champs. Yeah. I was also going to say 90 and 72. Oh. However, you took oh. it, so I'm going to change it. Oh. Well, you don't have to change no, it. No, I'll, I'll go I'll go 88 74. Okay, so you're taking the under. Yeah, I'm taking the under. Okay. Yeah. yeah All right. Definitely not going over that. So I'll go 88 74. I think that's fair. Uh and I do agree. This is their year that they are going to make it to playoffs and they are going to win a playoff game. Any playoff game or against the Yankees, you mean? Any playoff game. They're yeah. going to win a playoff game no matter who it is. Yeah. This you know, is their year. They're, they're not going to win the playoffs. I don't even think they're going to make it past the first round, but they're going to win a game in the playoffs. And you're saying that as if you are really excited about them winning a game. Like, you'd be happy with that? Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I would. I would. Just, it's something. But I, I need to go back to uh, Marwin because I forgot to say – that Marwin is going to be reunited with Alex Cora, I think, right? He's still the manager at the Red Sox, or he got fired and then rehired? Yeah, I think he rehired. If, but if, it doesn't matter if the Red Sox. It, okay. right, well, yeah, but if he, gets re, in, if he gets reunited with him, I think you know they're going to have to find something else besides the trash can this time. But yeah. that might be their only hope. Yeah, how are they going to cheat this time? Yeah, exactly. All right, Patrick, we have to move on. I hope we insulted the Red Sox enough for you. Go and Yeah, can. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on. We we have three minutes to answer two more questions. Whoa, all right. So here we go. All right, so this one has multiple parts. Mm. And so we maybe just go right through it, bang, bang, bang. But my experience on a different podcast called Speaking of Tangents tells me that we're not going to go bang, 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 and that we're just going to, you know, tangent ourselves all the way through this answer. Yeah. Uh, this is from Jeff Kenton in Elkton, Maryland. You can answer this one first. Jeff says, as a person who was born in the Midwest and spent 30 years there, mostly between South Dakota and Iowa, with one year in Worthington, Minnesota that I'm not sure counts, there are quite a few things Midwesterners know that many others don't. I think we should just stop it there, right? Things yeah. that Midwesterners know that yeah, others don't. Yeah, I mean, don't. we could go on for hours. Yeah, I mean, that's totally true. Yeah. Um, by the way, yes, Jeff, it counts. That Your year in Worthington counts. It's That's a, I mean, you could have picked some better locations in a Minnesota, but Worthington? Worthington's out in the, Worthington's on the uglier side of Minnesota, I'd that's say. That's for sure. Um, but anyway, that was not his question. Oh. His question was regarding the things that most mi- Midwesterners know that others don't, uh, such as, what's a potluck? Is it the same thing as a smorgasbord? What is hot dish? What's a tavern? Do you have to go to a tavern to get a tavern sandwich? Is tavern the same thing as a sloppy joe? 
If I'm invited to a potluck, what's the difference between hot dish and a covered dish and a dish to pass? We'll start with those. Where do I start? I mean, yeah. geez, I... All right, so what was the first one? What's a potluck? What's a potluck? Well, that, that I mean, that's simple. I mean, it's a, it's a gathering of people, and everybody must bring a dish to pass. And in this case, it's a, a dish to put on the table for sharing purposes. So you, you might have some salad section and, and a main entree section and a, obviously a large dessert section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what a potluck is. But it's not like a smorgasbord or whatever because I think of that as like hors d'oeuvres, like just appetizers. Mm. Okay, well, let and me... This is like the whole deal. Okay, let me just add one thing to the potluck. For me... Potlucks, in my experience anyway, have been are usually held in Lutheran church basements. So it's the same thing as a smorgasbord. You say no, I no. say sure. No. Because I don't really know what a smorgasbord is. I don't is. either, but it sounds like an appetizer deal. Okay, we're going to go with that. What is hot dish? Hot dish is like a casserole mm-hmm. where it's like a combo of lovely ingredients all thrown in one usually has some noodles of some sort or at least some rice but like tater tot hot dish which is a famous minnesota dish yes absolutely i mean that's you like tater tot hot dish. i do i do i don't eat it because it's really really bad for you but it tastes so good and that you know has the um the tater tots it has it definitely has to have some cream of mushroom soup in it and some rice and some corn, usually, sometimes some green beans. That's good. kind of where you get a little wild, deciding which veggies you're going to throw in. Yeah, but, wild. And definitely some ground meat, of course. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so this is your cheese. true mid yeah cheese. Oh. Yeah, don't. This is your true Midwestern background coming out. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you like tater tot hot dish. Yeah. Um, I don't goulash. think I no. ooh, goulash. I don't think that I have tried tater tot hot oh. dish until you made some for our relatives after a funeral mm-hmm. about a year ago mm-hmm. and i tried it and actually it was better than i want to admit but no that's a minute minnesota is really well known for their tater tot hot dish yeah. so and hot dish in general you i think casserole you and i both agree that it's like a casserole but you use the word lovely ingredients i use the word <laughs> ingredients <laughs> And um, so otherwise, cheap, cheap ingredients. everything that you throw in, you throw it in, you all just, you just, whatever you got in the house, you throw it into the, and you turn the oven to 350 and you throw it in and bake it for 20 minutes and that's a hot dish. It sounds a little willy nilly. Well. quite like that. Okay. Well, I've never made one. So yeah. they're true confessions. Yeah. It's topped with taters for the tater tot hot dish, but there are lots of different hot dishes. Okay. Well, I am not a hot dish fan, as you can tell. Um. Or a casserole. I mean, I like some of that stuff, but that's not the best part of a potluck. No. The dessert, dessert is the table. best part of the potluck. Absolutely. Um, but also, you know, tater tot hot dish, I think, I don't know if they called it th- this in the movie because the movie was um, centered or was, it took place in Idaho, but the hot dish that Napoleon Dynamite ate and then threw to Tina the Llama was tater tot hot yeah, dish. Yeah, but I don't know if they called it that because that was Idaho and Minnesota. Yeah, probably not is the ruler of the hot dish, yes. tear tot hot yes. dish. Okay, quickly, what's a tavern? See, this one this one got me. I just, I don't know. I just, I always think of, I just figure it's the same thing as a bar, but I had to look it up and I'm like, what? what's the difference here? I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't I mean, know. Really. When, I, when I think of a tavern, I just think of it as a bar. 
But you looked it up, and what did you learn? I did. That's the case. Bar is, like, only alcohol and maybe, like, some peanuts and pretzels and stuff like that. But Popcorn? But a tavern, yeah, maybe. Cracker maybe Jack? they're, you know, top-notch bar. I don't know about, no, Salad Jack. with no. artisanal no, dressing? No, oh, no, okay. no. tavern, you add the food. Okay. All right, but so tavern. I think, I, think I don't. Is... I disagree because bar and grill yeah. versus bar is the yeah. same thing as a tavern. I mean, I've seen places called a tavern in yes. what I consider Midwest. Yes, definitely. But then he asks, "What's a tavern sandwich? Or what? Uh, do you have to go to a tavern to get a tavern sandwich?" Um, you look that up. Well, yeah, because the, the, the follow-up question is: Is a tavern the same thing as a sloppy joe? Yeah, see, I think this is a non-Midwest person. Even though he said he's from South Dakota and Iowa, right? Spent some time there. Well, Iowa, you, you grandfathered I Iowa did, in. I did, but this sounds Out of the like goodness a, of your heart. This sounds like a question that is not about the Midwest thinking it's about the Midwest. Mm. Like, if we've never heard about this stuff, and I'm I'm 40, and I lived my whole life in Minnesota and Wisconsin. You're a man? You're 40? That's right. <laughs> and I have heard nothing about it. Yeah, I've never heard of the tavern sandwich. Uh, no. Um, but... Him asking, is it the same thing as a sloppy joe, makes me think that it's quite similar to a sloppy joe. Um, So I'm going to say, yes, it's sure. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it's not a Midwestern. I I wonder if it originates in South Dakota or Iowa, where you said he spent 30 years, because it didn't originate in Minnesota, and it didn't originate in Wisconsin. No, we'll keep our hot dish. Thank you very much. Well, we'll keep something, but I'm not interested in the tavern if it's like a sloppy joe. No. If I'm invited to a potluck, what's the difference between a hot dish and a covered dish? Wait, I need to I need to step back for a second. Okay. When I think of taverns, bars. Yeah, I I do think of Friday night fish fry. Now there's mm. a midwestern thing. Well, Partic- is it though? No, yes. In particular, Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin's big for fish on fries. A Wisconsin Friday night fish fry. Yeah, Catholic Catholic Central. That's why I wonder if. Like maybe Jolene can help us out with um, Nebraska. Is are there a ton of Nebraska fish fries? Because yeah, you know, know Jolene is Catholic and yeah. she should know the answer to this question. Really a- I don't care about fish fries. I don't care about the state fair. I don't care about hot dish. So you certainly don't like ice fishing. I don't like ice fishing. No, um, I, I don't that's know. A story for another. Day. I, I, yeah, that's a story for another day. All right, <laughs> that day is called never. I do like a good fish fry, though. I used to love the, the baked or the broiled. Because they... dip in major butter. It's so good. It's not fried? Oh, you can get it fried or broiled. Okay. Well, I'd like to know if other people around the country or world um, have fish fries on Friday nights. Yeah. If it's just... See, that's the thing. big time. When we talk about... Not so much. Okay. Well, when we talk about Midwest, you know, we may think that it's only centered in the midwest because we don't leave the midwest exactly. so we, you know i don't know maybe it's not a midwestern thing a fish fry but maybe, maybe it not. is should be um okay and back to it sorry if i'm invited to a potluck what's the difference between hot dish and a covered dish i think of a covered dish is just like anything maybe it's maybe it's baked beans maybe it's a salad why would you have to cover a salad well you don't just spill all over the place yeah right <laughs> see that's hello I think of it as a, a covered dish as a dish that's hot. Like a hot dish? Yeah. And I don't care. I don't, I mean, covered dish versus hot dish, same thing, I think. No, no, no. Hot dish is its own category. It's it's a mixture of, like I said, the great ingredients it, put it, together. It's it, not like... Lovely ingredients, yeah, I think like, is what you said. Yeah, it's not like green beans or it's not like a, 
or even like the green bean casserole. That's mm-hmm. totally different than a hot dish. So fine, but, you can say it's a a, a hot uh, side item, and I think of it as a side item, not a main dish. Where a hot dish is like a main dish because it has everything you need in one. Yeah, because they throw a bunch of yeah crappy ingredients in. Oh, you got the meat. Yeah, you we got the potatoes. I don't know the difference between a covered dish and a hot dish, but you you seem adamant that hot dish is its own category. Yes. Covered dish, I guess you just cover it when you don't want your salad, lettuce, yes, your anything. lettuce to spill out. Desserts even. Doesn't okay. Matter. And a dish to pass, to me, a dish to pass is what everybody brings to the potluck. Yes. It, but you're just putting it on a table. Yeah, you don't pass it. Yeah. It's not like a family style. No. We should, we should say that. Potluck is not like a family style. You do not pass the dishes. Everything's on a table, and you walk around and scoop, Sometimes it, the Lutheran ladies in the kitchen will scoop it for you if it's like a hot dish or a hot item, mm-hmm. but otherwise you scoop your own. Now, I don't know if that's going to change post-COVID. Maybe they're going to make you one person scoop it all. A lot of know. things might change. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, we're going to have to talk about the Jello salad some other time, Jeff. Jeff also talked about that he was told that Iowa and Utah eat the most Jello of any states in the U.S. What I have to say is Iowa and Utah can keep their Jello. Yeah, we don't need it. Okay. Um, and the last question we're going to tackle right now is uh, from Bobby Gottfried, and he says, "I lived in St. Louis from 2003 to 2007. Always considered it the Midwest." Well, we know what you think. I'm adding this. Mm-hmm. We know what you think hall of famer about the what's what yeah. missouri is but anyway a few years ago i was at a trivia night and there was a question that began quote in which southern state end quote i thought the answer was missouri but said to my teammates i must be wrong because missouri is the midwest not the south the answer was missouri i went to argue with the host but to no avail so here's my question did i have a legitimate gripe is Missouri the Midwest, or have I been delusional about where I lived all these years? So I think we know your answer. Well, yeah, Do you have I anything mean, to expand upon that? Yeah, I mean, Bobby, I'm sorry. I, I've heard you're really good at trivia, but you were definitely wrong in this case. I mean, the South can have Missouri. I mean, no, Missouri's not even in the question of being a Midwestern region. No way. Well, Bobby, I'm going to side with you. Ugh. I think that Northern Missouri... So St. Louis, Kansas City, strict borders. Strict borders. Um, I think that that can, is considered the St. Uh, Louis. I think St. Louis can be considered part of the Midwest. Here's, here's one where it's a, loose, it's a loose definition for me of what the Midwest is. This is where I'm saying where the southern part, you start to get different get changes in people, changes mm-hmm. in, True. you know, so same thing with southern Indiana, southern Kansas. Um, but I think the northern part of St. Louis, I think St. Louis and even Kansas City can be considered Midwest. Mm-hmm. But I, And I also say, you know, again, a loose definition. Um, I know that Jamie Julian, oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Okay, so I know that Jamie Julian is from Missouri. Not exactly sure where. So, like, she could be from southern Missouri, but I'm still going to consider it part of the Midwest for the purposes of this show. Because if Jamie Julian, you know, ever wanted to come on as a co-host and answer questions like this with me, you know, she doesn't, I mean, strictly, if I'm going with my strict definition of Midwest chicks, 
She doesn't live there anymore. She lives in the D.C. area, but she's from the Midwest to me. Mm. So I'm going to, basically, I'm going to expand the Midwest a little bit for the purposes of the show. We don't really care what the Midwest is. I do. We just know (laughs) that Minnesota is the epicenter and the coolest place. obviously. Okay, we better wrap it up there. We've got an important thing coming up next. And that important thing is our very first... Taste Test with the Hall of Famer. Okay, before we get to the taste test, I, I said we need your questions for next week, but I didn't give you the email address. So the email address, midwestbiaspod at gmail.com. So email your questions, please. Okay, as some of you might know, I tweeted out some pictures of booze that was sent to the house. One a couple weeks ago from Patrick Smith. Oh, wait. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. Patrick, again, thank you. Patrick sent hard cider. Yeah. And I, I have to jump in here because once I saw what it was, I was jumping up and down because it is Blake's Hard Cider from Armada, I believe I'm saying that correctly, Michigan. Part of the Midwest, even though you're in the Eastern Central yeah. Standard, Eastern Eastern Standard Time Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Midwest, but excellent cider. And the reason I was so excited is because when I turned 40 this past summer, my sister got me 40 different kinds of cider. And my favorite one out of all of those was the Blake's Cider. And it was Triple Jam Cider. And that, so that has been my favorite cider. Tri- triple Berry? No, it's called Triple Jam. Triple Jam. It's okay. called Triple Jam, but it is Triple Berry. Okay. And I can't find it anywhere around here. So I'm not happy about that. But when it got delivered to our house, I was like, oh, I have like the Lion King moment. You, know, <laughs> you put it above your head and you're like, yes. Yeah, and it so... Patrick sent that to us because he knows that we're not beer fans Mm. or that I'm not a beer fan. And, you know, I think he was saying that he's not really a beer fan. So the cider folks have to stick together. And um, he so he sent the triple jam and rosé. And it works out great because the triple jam is okay. It's a little too sweet for me. The rosé is my favorite. So yours is the triple jam and the rosé is mine. And what I would say is, yes, it says taste test with the Hall of Famer. But we ain't taste testing the cider because there ain't no cider left. Nope. Um, but since that time, a couple weeks later, Mr. Ed Butt. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. As I was saying, Ed Butt sent us beer. And I think this was curated. I don't know if Ed did it all himself or if he got... Um, some suggestions from other folks, but the idea was because I don't like beer, some folks are thinking that they know sort of what kind of beer I might like. And so Ed was so kind to send, I think all the beers from Colorado somewhere, right? Yeah. And you know what? It was like a potluck of beer. Yeah. Not a hot dish. Yeah. Like a potluck. Well, it was lucky, but there was no pot in it. That we know of. Yeah. yeah. Well, none that we I found. found. Yeah. We haven't I mean, found it yet. We're looking. It is from Colorado. Yeah, we're so, looking. but we're going to taste two of those. Well, we're going to taste one beer for sure. And if we don't like it, we're not going to taste the other one. But if we like it, we're going to, you know, sip on the beer the rest of this podcast and then we'll get to the other one. We were going to be kind of cutesy 
with how we ranked these by using Midwest terms, um, like ish, which apparently is a Midwestern term. Um, I guess that makes sense because you say ish a lot. Yeah, I do. I've never met, I, I have met people that have said ish, but yes, they're all Midwesterners. Ish is like ew or gross. Um, so that was going to be the bottom. It's like the five star system, but it was only going to be four because I could only come up with four Midwestern terms. So ish was going to be the lowest category. The next one was going to be called ufta. Uh, ufta. The next one was going to be called geez. Like, geez, that's good. Ah, geez. Geez, that's good. And then the, the highest ranking one was going to be called you betcha. But we're just going to go with one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. And I so, will tell you, I love a good taste test. Mm-hmm. So, so bring it on. I let the Hall of Famer pick the beer she wanted to try first. So why don't you explain where it is? All right. It is uh, from, it's from Wibby Brewing. Editor's note. If for some reason you'd prefer to see the video version of this taste test, stop the podcast right now. Go to YouTube. Search in the search bar for KGO YouTube channel and click on the link for the appropriate video. We'll also provide a link to that video in our show description, along with the time code that you'll need to fast forward to after watching the video to continue with the podcast. Don't forget to come back. If you don't want to watch the video, do nothing and keep listening. And now, back to the show. And it, uh, it is from Longmont, Colorado. It is a Vienna lager, okay? Lager love. And there's got a, like a VW... Volkswagen bug Volkswagen, van. Yeah. Volkswagen so, I mean, van. The look is there. The look is definitely there. Yeah, um, good product or good design. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it looks like it's one amber fest. I don't have my... Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Here, let me do it for you. I don't have my glasses gold. on. 2020 gold. A beer festival? Mm-hmm. What's that, that yeah, Uh-huh. American Amber Festival. Oh, okay. The great American Amber All Festival. All right. So 2020 it's a, gold. So what, it's, a, it's a lager? Yeah, it's a lager. All right, let's open it. American Amber Lager. Let's get to I that. I like amber beers. I don't know. We'll see. I don't like stouts, but I like I like. Oh, speaking like of stouts, ambers. Hang on. Be- mm-hmm. I tried the milk stout because um, Ed yeah. said I did this because <laughs> I did this because Ed said it's the closest thing to a double stuff Oreo cookie you'll find in a beer. So I tried it right away, and I actually liked it quite well. So we're not trying that now because I drank that. Okay, go ahead. It, it was gross. So you're gonna try it. You're gonna try yep. it first. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's five point five percent alcohol, so that's a nice, nice range. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Think about it. it is that like a, a is that a you betcha? Or a, mm, no, geez. I, I need to let it just hang okay. out in there for All a right. minute. All right, my turn. It's got a little sweetness in there. A little sweetness aftertaste. No. Oh. Uh, that'd be an ish for me. Oh, definitely not an ish for me. Like I would, I would drink this, and it's more like a summery kind of beer. It's light. Let me taste it again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. I would, I would give it a a two point five, just because I'm I'm um not a huge beer fan, but there are definitely some that I enjoy, and this one, this one I would sit and drink. Okay. This is not going to waste. Okay. Just say that. So you're going to drink that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no to that. Okay. And the other one that you picked mm-hmm. is from Avery Brewing Company, uh, and it's American Brown Ale. 
Uh, I don't think I re- usually like browns, but you do. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, though. It's here's the Ellie's, deal. Yeah, Hang on. Here's, here's the, the deal. Here's the deal is a Midwestern <laughs> term. Yes. Um, the Hall of Famer's dad says that all the time. He'll be like, yeah. hand me the deal. And yeah. he could be talking anything from a screwdriver to a garbage can. Yeah. So here's the deal, Midwestern yeah. talk. But okay. in this case, it's Ellie's Brown. And I had to pick this one because my sister's name is Ellie, spelled differently. But I thought I must try this tonight. Okay, well, uh, and it's got a, looks like a brown lab. Which also helps. Yeah. Anytime anytime a beer has a dog on it, I'm all in. Yeah. Okay, it's and a, it's a brown ale. Yeah. And is this from Longmont? Longmont? I think so. Brewed with Rocky Mountain oh, water. Oh, nope, this one's Boulder. Boulder. Brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, hops, and yeast. Ooh, the hops. Like the hops. I don't know. Hops are out of here. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, did I just, I just did that. Hit it twice. Why'd you do that? Oh, that's what I've done all my life. It helps with the fizzle. The fizzle? Helps decrease the fizzle. All oh, right. Okay. I'll try this one first. Ellie's Brown from right? Avery Brewery. Now, I like that a little better. Um, two stars out of four. Wow, already? The previous one. Decision? Yeah, I don't, I don't mess around with taste of the palate now if we're talking about wine and there's little oats in there a little little uh oats? L- uh, little uh <laughs> little earthy i i can do that okay. but beer no okay. it's right away either i like it or i don't um i gave the she other one give it away i gave the other one a um basically a no so that'd be like a zero out of four this is a two out of four i guess in our cheesy rating system that would be considered a ufta Ufta. Nope. <laughs> nope. Ish? Um, no. Ufta. Borderline-ish. Ufta. Yeah, this one I wouldn't drink. This one's a little too Guinness-y hmm. See? for me. That's why I liked it more than the other one, because yeah. I like Guinness. That's kind of reminds All right. me of it. So I this is like great. That. This is great. Oh, let me try one more. Uh, yeah, just make sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is great because now yeah, I'll nope. drink the Ellie's Brown. No. And she'll drink the VW Bug. Mm. V- That's a one point five. Vienna, they call 1. it. One point five. Okay, so it's between ish and ufta. Yeah. Okay, this is a straight up ufta for me. All right, so that's the taste test. And now, without without further ado, we're gonna welcome in our first guest. That's not a Midwesterner. So here we go. Cue the uke. Join the show Probably from The east, west, or southern coast Tell us what they know Where they think we should go If bias says we'll show I hope Okay, so here with us today is our very first expert guest all the way from North Carolina <laughs> is Professor Brad Weiss. How you Welcome, doing everybody? Hey. I am doing fine. Thank you and for you... asking and, and having and inviting my expertise. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I, I actually, I see a little serendipity here because I mm. just realized that I think you were also our very first guest on the SOT pod. Am I right? You were, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I think Rob Berg might have to fight me for it, but he wasn't a guest. He was a, he was like a, oh, a, a, a segment unto himself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
So in one of the preview episodes that I recorded for this podcast, Midwest Bias, mm-hmm. I mentioned that our first guest would be bringing an East Coast bias. <laughs> but then I also said that you'd probably bring a little West Coast bias because I know you grew up in L.A. I did. Um, and also maybe a little Midwest bias because of your time spent in Chicago. Right. Or maybe even Cleveland. But I guess in our earlier segment today, uh, we kind of eliminated Ohio from being from part of the Midwest. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's a that's a very controversial assertion. But uh, and I'm I'm of many minds on that question. <laughs> well, if for no other reason for me, um, uh, first of all, I think they're too far east. But also the yeah. the Ohio State Buckeyes, I loathe the Buckeyes. Oh, I hate them too. But and they're... and they've they've really been way too successful than any <laughs> school in the Midwest has any business being. At least in my lifetime. That's part of it. It's for me. It's it's actually because I grew up when I was a young kid. Anyway, I I spent my elementary school years in Cleveland, and Ohio State was extremely good. And oh, Cleveland and Columbus are not really that close to one another. And back mm-hmm. in the back in the day, they were even further apart. And and Columbus was like a little cow town. Everybody just thought it was just a little, you know, ag city. But now it's actually bigger than Cleveland, which is kind of amazing to me. Um, but mostly I detested them because of Woody Hayes. I mean, they were really good, but they, they had this sort of notorious coach who was just, you know, even I, in my, at the tender age that I was becoming a football fan, you just recognize that he was just a reprehensible person. I mean, he was just, <laughs> he was so militaristic and, you know, thought that what he was doing was like training men for glory. And I just found that like totally repugnant. Uh, yeah. um, and then... My dad ended up working for the University of Southern California, which is a huge rival of Ohio State's um, in back when the Rose Bowl was the Pac-10 or the Pac-8, because um, I'm that old, um, oh, <laughs> against, 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 uh, against the original Big Ten. And they just played each other, it seemed like 90% of the time, those two teams. And of course, it was so uh, it, 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 it contributed tremendously to my intense loathing of Ohio State. In fact, just if, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> I, I might as well throw in a tangent since we're on, <laughs> since it's appropriate. Um, Absolutely. I was thinking about, you know, you vote, you always razz me for like having every team that I root for <laughs> and that, that I have, and it's true, I have lots of reasons to root for lots of teams. And yeah, I, but I can't so, really razz you too much because I have that same No, issue. no, I, 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 yeah. I get it. But it is, it can be kind of a problem. And it's because, as you said, I've lived in a lot of different places and I sort of triangulate mm-hmm. like, oh, I live here, but I hate these people, so I will vote, I will root for their opponent. I mean, I've yes. got a lot of that in my life. But the like the one, one major constant in my life is like at no point in my life have I ever thought anything, but I detest Ohio State University. So, yes. uh, sorry, Carla Corrado, but uh-huh. you know, I'm not living, I'm not down with that. Um, and it's perfectly fine. It's a perfectly fine university. I have nothing against the university whatsoever, other than it's, it's athletic programs and, and principally it's football team. So, so through thick and thin, I have stood firmly against the, the Ohio State University Buckeyes, which is pretty sad considering how crappy the Wolverines have been over the last, you know, right. most of my life, right. and unfortunately. So, so anyway. Uh, yeah, no, and Ohio that's State why is... I loathe Ohio State is because of the Wolverines. Yeah, because you know Wolverines. I've yeah. previously defined Michigan as being, even though it's in the Eastern Standard, Eastern yes. Zone, I, zone yeah. I consider them a, a Midwestern state. I still, you know, I was a big Wolf, Wolves fan at some point. Yeah, I mean you can't really say. I mean, if you think Ann Arbor is Midwestern and you don't think Columbus, Ohio is Midwestern, you probably haven't right. been been to both of those places. 
But interestingly, well, I have. Yeah. But I'll tell yeah. you, 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 the way that you just basically the way that you just asked me, you know, if you think yeah. this and not this, I need to clarify mm. what we talked about earlier. Um, what mm. I was trying to say in the previous segment before you came on, Brad, mm. about the Midwest, I th- I think the definition is not a rigid one with mm. easily definable borders, even though the Hall of Famer seems to think otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm. Definite borders. But I think I tried to describe borders because that's what Patrick Moffat requested. Mm. Um, I also tried to describe it by how people pronounce things or what different words yeah. or phrases they use. Well, see, the, now that's really interesting because I think it actually complicates things and also um, creates like really interesting geographies that you might not ever imagine. So just, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you don't mind my going on a little bit. Um, Go for it. Uh, so when I, I did, I lived in Cleveland from the time I was about three until I was about 11 and which is a pretty important time of your life. Right. I mean, it's like, I, and to yes. this day, I am better Facebook friends with the people I went to elementary school with than I am with almost any other group of people <laughs> as a, as a whole. So like much better than the people I went to college with who I like couldn't give, you know, I don't really care about them much at all, but, but, um, it really depends on where you are from when you get to Cleveland what you think of Ohio or what you think of Cleveland. Like if you, like my family's from New Jersey and New York. And so we did not think of Ohio. Well, I mean, we definitely had a sense of like, wow, we're not in New Jersey anymore. <laughs> we're like, what a relief. Although, you know, like from New Jersey to <laughs> Cleveland is like, that's not, a, that's not the high road to anything. But we, you know, we decidedly felt that Cleveland was more oriented towards the east coast in a lot of ways but if you're if you're from somewhere else in ohio if you're from and we had lots of friends who were like from wisconsin you know like the university like they went to they went to madison and they and cleveland was like a big city not too far Mm. away a lot of like young professional people end up in cleveland from from madison at least they did at the time and and also from places like ann arbor so from their point of view like it was totally midwestern and then there's also regions of the city and regions, and certainly regions of the state. I mean, I, Cincinnati is totally Midwestern, much more, even more Southern than, than, um, than Cleveland. And I would absolutely say that there are people from Ohio who are firmly committed to the idea that Ohio is Midwestern, but then there are definitely parts. Like, you know, where yeah. we live in Cleveland, it was like, well, it's really close, more like Pittsburgh than it is like, um, you know, Indianapolis. And that so that makes it a very different kind of place but the other thing is that's really interesting so my wife is julia's from niagara falls outside of buffalo and you'd say well gee that's far afield that's new york state yeah Uh but like the great lakes accent buffalo has a decidedly great lakes accent which is not the same thing exactly as a midwestern accent but it's very much a a a noticeable northern Northern yep. Plains thing, and just to make to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, I, for a while I was like, you know, Toronto really is in the Midwest because it's actually no way, it's right. No way. I know, I know that doesn't make any sense from a geographical point of view, but from a from a ge- from the cultural geographer's point of view, it actually because Buffalo and and, and Toronto are two aspects of the same place they're basically if they except that canadians don't have the same great lakes accent that americans do all around the great lakes so therefore they you know you don't think of them as being you know part of the same you know social and historically connected people but 
the fact of the matter is Buffalo is as, is is the same place as Toronto. I mean, it's it's, it's as far Midwestern as Toronto is. And Buffalo, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, you don't necessarily think of Buffalo as Midwestern. It sounds more like Detroit or like uh, Milwaukee than it does mm-hmm. like New York City or even like than it does like Syracuse. So from that point of view, yep. there yep. are... So you're... There, Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're kind of saying that all the states or even the country that borders mm-hmm. the Great Lakes are Midwestern. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Midwestern depends, like, so my experience of being a Midwesterner is I've lived all around the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. My experience of being a Midwesterner is not that I lived on the Great Plains, right? I never lived in Nebraska yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or Iowa or Kansas, but mm-hmm. like Western Kansas, is that the Midwest? To, to me, uh, Western West... Kansas, I'd say no. Yeah, see, that's more like almost virtually Colorado, Western yes. Nebraska. I think of that as like, I don't know. I mean, even parts of North Dakota. That's that's like that's like the foothills of the Rockies almost. I mean, you're getting out. You know, you're really yeah. far west when you when you're out in the badlands of South Dakota. I don't think yes. that's the Midwest. You just mentioned that earlier. Basically, right. if you draw a straight line from that western part of North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, and yeah. Nebraska, all those are to me are not included. Right. But, you know, you'd want to say, like Kansas City, Missouri, that's, that's, that's Midwestern, but it's nothing like, it's really nothing like Chicago. And it's certainly mm-hmm. nothing like, even, even, though, even though Chicago played Kansas City on Fargo recently, um, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. it's nothing, you know, the, so I think of the Midwest, when I think of the Midwest, I think, you know, St. Paul, Milwaukee, Chicago, Toledo, Detroit. That, that's, those are... Oh, so you do throw in Toledo. Even yeah, though it's, it's right, it's, it's further west than Detroit. I know, I know. <laughs> so. No, Brad, if it, if it was up to me, it would just be Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. That's <laughs> well, <it>. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's the, that would be the northern prairie. Mid, yeah. That's a that's yeah. I would call that yeah. That's good. I'm that's, willing that's... to expand, but they still need to be strict boundaries. You cannot be cutting off certain parts of the state. It just doesn't work that way. I also because because North Dakota includes too many things outside of Fargo. It can't it can't be Midwestern. <laughs> well, Even though so basically, Fargo is that, basically no. Greater Minneapolis. <laughs> it's still much, yeah. the basically, the Hall of Famer does not want to claim North Dakota at all. Is what no. she's saying? No, I understand Dakota. that. Or South Dakota. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised she's really, even willing to accept Iowa. That's that's what I'm. <laughs> if you listen to the front half of this, you'll you'll say you'll hear that she only accepts Iowa because of fondness for my family. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I've gotten to really like Iowa. Now, if it was like 10 yeah. years ago, I'd only say Minnesota, Wisconsin, because that's where <laughs> I grew up. And that is like the heart of the Midwest. That is, that is like, and everything revolves around right. those two states. I think the like the East Coast is outside of Greater Metropolitan New York City. There's no, no part, nothing along the Atlantic Seaboard can be considered the East Coast. I mean, I could I could say that. Oh, but, okay, uh, all right, but I would definitely not say that. So I bet I basically what I was trying to clarify, yeah. I think, is that to me, Midwest is more of a way of life than actual definable borders. Mm. Yeah, I I, oh, I totally agree with that, and that's why I think it goes to the language thing too, and accents and, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe if you've ever spent any more any time in Buffalo, you would think it's more like Milwaukee than almost any other place you've ever been. Yeah, well, fun funny enough, or funnily enough, funnily funny yeah. enough, funny enough. Either way, when I have heard Phil's mom on yeah. the Kornheiser yeah. show, I automatically think she's from this area. Exactly. 
it's yeah. a, it's the same. Buffalo. Yes, yeah. yes. And if you had Sounds extended, like we need to visit there. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Ask so, Julie how she pronounced cat, and you'll see. Spell it. Spell it. C A T. Oh, cat. Okay. All right. Cat. All right. Cat. Well, we don't Dogs say that right here. At least I don't. <laughs> no, that's silly. It's cat. <laughs> but well, basically, I guess it's it for me for the Hall of Famer. It's right. It's rigid for me. It's malleable. Mm. Uh, I can I can mold it however I want within reason. I mean, I'll still draw mm-hmm. the line somewhere, but it it does have to be you know somewhere close to the boundaries we outlined earlier. But I I can mold it without shame. Anytime I want for the purposes of this podcast is basically what I was trying to say sure. earlier. Okay. Well, that's 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 the privilege of your Midwest bias. <laughs> yes, right. Okay, so let's move on. We're, we 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 have limited time with you, so yes, let's go to the Chicago question. Okay. Um, this one is from Jeff Turner. Let me let me make it clear that I haven't lived in Chicago in almost thirty years, but I'm happy to answer any question I can about Chicago. <laughs> I'm going to defer to you, and then I mean I don't have much to say besides. Basically, the, here's the question. Okay. Does the rest of the Midwest, with or without Toronto, claim Chicago? I've always thought the charm of the Midwest was the friendliness friendliness of the people and the quaintness of small towns, which is antithetical to Wilbon and the second city. <laughs> so, well, that, that, that's just the, what we call a category error. That is, you're re- equating Wilbon with Chicago. Mm-hmm. And while he might want to do that, the rest of the city certainly would not necessarily <laughs> want to do that. Although I will tell you a tiny little story, which is that if, and I know you know this, well, I guess you were, you, you, in all the times you've been to PTI, you've never been there when, when, when Mike's been there, right? That's um, right. Yeah. Well, he was, first time that Julie and I went there, he was, and he couldn't have been a nicer person. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying that absolutely. I know that, you know, he has the reputation both of being like a, a blowhard, but also of what people talk about actually meeting him. He, he is extremely yeah, nice. Yep. And he really, really was. And we and I bought them both like gag gifts. I bought them pairs of socks, one from William and Mary for, for Tony, and then the other from the University of Chicago as a kind of, um, you know, Chicago. A but jab anti, at Northwestern. Anti, anti, anti Northwestern yeah. thing. And he was like, oh, you know, this is great. My niece went to the University of Chicago, and she that was such a great experience for her. And she he was like, <laughs> he couldn't have been happier. And he, he was very kind and considerate and asked us all about what we, you know, he just was, he, he just was, a, he, he was a, so, and, and there you could say, see, that's because of the Chicago in him, that actually Chicagoans are very nice. And the other thing mm-hmm. I'd say to, in answer to that question is um, Chicago, if you know anything about Chicago, and this I will affirm, even not having lived there in, in some time, Chicago is a bunch of small towns. It is not a big city. Chicago is its neighborhoods, and it depends entirely on what neighborhood you live. That's where your loyalty, that's where your allegiance, that's where your sense of Chicago comes from, is the group is like the four or five blocks within, uh-huh. you know, a very stroke, Floris radius to your house. And, and even though I lived in many of those different neighborhoods, I'd never, I lived on the south side, I lived on the north side, I lived on the lakefront, I lived on the, almost, the, I lived on the, the far north side, almost, almost to Evanston, in fact. But, um, I, but you still have that strong sensibility in, in any of the neighborhoods that you, that you live in in Chicago. And one of the great proofs of that is there's an absolutely stellar, spectacular documentary that I encourage everybody to watch. Um, it came out on Hulu, and it's probably more widely available now. Um, and it's called City So Real. It's about the election of the, the last mayoral election when Lori Lightfoot was elected mayor of Chicago. 
Um, and it starts from the very, very beginning, from, from the primaries when there are roughly 27 people running for the mayor of Chicago. But the thing is totally organized around, around neighborhoods. It starts with a map of Chicago and sort of, you know, it interviews people just in very, very specific neighborhoods. And you could tell everything about who people were by, including you knew exactly who they were going to vote for mayor, just by like figuring out where they were on the map. That was all it took. And very little, you know, cross, like within districts that you'd find people really being opposed. Everybody is kind of like on the same page within the, the you know, the, the neighborhood that they, that they live in. And in part, that's because Chicago politics is so totally, completely locally oriented. It's very much, it's a huge patronage system. So the idea is like, you know, well, hey, my sister is married to the guy who works in the, in the alderman's office, and I'm sure he can get you a summer job. And it turns out, mm. yeah, he can get you a summer job. <laughs> you know, and, that, and then you work your way up through the alderman's office and you end up, you know, going to jail for corruption at the end of the day. So, <laughs> so that's, that's, the, that's a classic Chicago story. But I would say Chicago... Um, yes, I think Chicago would happily claim Will Bond because they'd recognize that he's just full of bluster. Uh, and because Chicago is, you know, is a very capacious place, all, all things are, are welcome in Chicago. It's, and it is, it's just a big, it's a, it's a, including a, a place where, I mean, you might think that Will, Will Bond likes to, uh, is, is very combative spend a few hours watching Chicago City Council politics <laughs> and you will see oh, that, that, it, yeah. that it, he comes by that extremely honestly because there's nothing <laughs> like local Chicago, Chicago politics. It's by far the most fun city I've ever lived in for, for coming to you know understand something about local politics. Okay, so, so my, there you go. that's a much more thorough answer than mine, which is yes, Chicago is part of the Midwest. <laughs> And the Hall of Famer. And I would, if I have to expand beyond my three states, <laughs> I would be willing to take the whole state of Illinois yeah. just so Chicago could be a part of the Midwest because I good. do love Chicago. Well, yeah, but see, the rest of Illinois is actually much more like the Midwest than Chicago. Chicago is uh -huh. another one of those yeah. places where people who are from Chicago are like, yeah, you know, eh, it's kind of the Midwest, but like, it's not like Kankakee. I mean, my God, those people are, you know, a bunch <laughs> of like rubes. That's the real Midwest. <laughs> So, I mean, there's, there is something, I think, for a lot of people that Midwestern implies a certain kind of rurality, don't you think? Like, it means, yes. like, it's, oh, it's big ag, big ag country. And Chicago yeah. is very wary of that and very, very much like, we are not, you know, we're not downstate, which is Yeah, what you, and what I think that was Jeff was getting to in his question about yeah. the rurality. But yeah. I'll say when I drive in Chicago, it doesn't feel yeah. Midwestern. I will say <laughs> no. that. <laughs> oh, you mean you're not greeted with, with uh, cheerful flowers and welcoming for, for your <laughs> out-of-state driving habits? Let's just say that they there is no hesitation at four-way stops like, you go first. No, you go first. No. <laughs> there are, there, but I will say, having said that, there are many, many worse cities to drive in than Chicago. I mean, my God, nothing oh, yeah. compared to yeah. Boston or even, frankly, Washington. We were just in Dallas not long ago, and that oh, was a terrible city to drive yeah, in. And that was on a Saturday? Yeah. Well, people Saturday. in Dallas just don't even like the idea that there are rules for anything. Like, yeah. They're, yeah. Just, they're just suggestions. Okay. Well, um, thank you yeah. for the question, Jeff. And thank you for the answer, Brad. And the Hall of Famer. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Brad, I have to ask you. This is, you know, for the main reason we brought you on, because you're mm -hmm. our expert guest. <laughs> Why should we come to mistaken. your state? Why should we come to North Carolina as Midwesterners? 
Share your expertise or something Get out. related who, to North who's Carolina. Who's welcoming you to North Carolina? Who said you should come to North Carolina? I mean, if, if you <laughs> want to come question, to North Carolina. Good point. Good I mean, point. That's come. not a good sell yet. Come on. <laughs> no. Come on. Uh, no, no, no. I'm trying to keep Car- North Carolina, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to maintain what's good about it, which is like, get out. Um, oh. It's, uh, you should come so you can see us. That would be great. We'd be, we'd be thrilled to have you. And actually, anybody listening within the sound of this podcast is, is more than welcome to, to let me know when they come through North Carolina. Um, we'd love it to. Is, I mean, North Carolina has, and I mean this sincerely, it has absolutely everything you could want somewhere in North Carolina. It has... Well, I mean, Charlotte isn't a great city. It's fine. It's okay. But you don't have to spend much time in Charlotte. And if you don't, I mean, if you like big cities, though, it does have, there, it, it, there, you know, there, there's, there's stuff going on there. Raleigh is a, is a smaller city, but it's, you know, it's the capital city. But between Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill, you do get a more sense. I mean, they're just a range of things that you can do are, are comparable to what you can do. Uh, in a big city without the same kind of like congestion or mm-hmm. um, population density that you that you'd have in a in a major me- metropolitan area, so that so that's really good. Um, my when we when we first moved down here, all the people in my family just said, "Oh my God, the quality of life is just amazing," Be- and it really is because you can it's affordable. It's just the range of p- public spaces and and places to go is kind of amazing i i do think that the that publicly accessible music is hard to be in, in, in oh. what you get in north carolina just from i mean one of the it's things that really sold it on, for us yeah, yeah i mean one of the things that sold it on me sold me on the place was that like just the little neighborhood grocery store had a music series that you know twice a week during the summer they'd they'd have like jazz on on the weekends and then and then little local bands on uh, during the week, and the whole town shows up and sits and listens to like pretty good bluegrass, including you know because they were not very well known and we were not, and they were just coming up and they're actually local. The Carolina Chocolate Drops who would just come and play, mm-hmm. <laughs> play it, which is like yep. that, that. That's pretty good. And there are actually lots and lots of people who sort of started off in the in, in those venues and end up that you're like, oh yeah, Tiff Merritt. I don't know if you guys know Tiff Merritt, but you should definitely you should know Tiff Merritt. Um, we don't know, especially since you like Brandy Carlisle, because I know you would also like Tiff Merritt. Um, well, like is like is yeah, not yeah, a strong yeah, yeah, enough yeah. word for brand. <laughs> well, no, I'll, I'll just stick okay. with I'll stick with like for, okay. for tip. But um, it's it's just got wonderful. You know, the music music is absolutely spectacular. Food is also really really good, and it's not not just because of like North Carolina foods. I mean, which are fine. They're good. They're they're really really good. And in fact, as far as that kind of local cuisine goes, it's probably better than than a lot of places I've lived. But but just that it's a real mecca for people who are interested in food. And and so it's attracted just loads of really top notch restaurants. I mean, I'm, I'm I can honestly say that I am friends with with uh, three chefs that have been nominated for James Beard Awards. <laughs> and, oh, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. We are no, going to come. We are yeah, going to come. No, it's like, it's, like that's it's, all it, I need to hear. That oh, I, I'm not. Julie's I mean, gonna be there and awesome food. I don't think it's. I wouldn't say it's the best food in the country, but I would say that per for for its size, the Triangle has a range and quality of food that is equal to almost any other place. I, I mean, I, I, I really like going to big cities, and I really like really super high dining stuff too, as well as just plain old ordinary street food from, from where, whatever, wherever you got. And, and, and we have, I mean, I do, I do think the Triangle has that here. But, I mean, so food is really good. Music is really, really good. Museums are pretty pretty good i mean there's definitely you know it's cool science museum cool you know that sort of stuff great for kids absolutely spectacular place 
for kids, which is not everybody's uh, reason. That'll keep a lot of people away, but it is actually a really good place uh, for raising kids. And I mean, it, it goes without saying, it's like tremendous for for sports, for, you know, like if you're, especially college athletics, if you're, you know, there there is no nothing better than, than Carolina basketball. And I know that Indiana yeah. has great college basketball, and I know Illinois has great college basketball. And actually, since I grew up in California, the truth is that, like the just taking Los Angeles as a place where people play basketball, like more more phenomenal basketball players come out of Southern California than I would say than almost any place in the world. But but as far as just rivalries between teams, between you know, some years right. Wake is fantastic right. and they'll and, and and they'll be good. And some years some years State is really really good. And Duke and North Carolina, except for this year, are always reasonably good. Um, so so you know those those rivalries are pretty. Um, they're 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 pretty intense, and I and I, I will say it is it is it's a fun thing to go to AC basketball ACC basketball games, um, and and that carries over onto the campuses too, so that the campuses are are, are pretty oriented towards towards that that um, kind of thing, and also but because there are these great universities, there's all this stuff that comes with great um, universities, as you would know. So that's that's another reason why, like, yeah, there's really cool museums, and there's also really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and that also attracts good food and it attracts really some wonderful music venues. Um, yeah, actually the National Museum on the campus of Duke is one of the nicest um, university museums I've ever been to with, with really great exhibits. It seems some, some, some just phenomenal things there. So it, it does, it kind of, if you like small towns, we got small towns in spades. If you like, if you like, um, and, then, and then the other thing is just geographically, I mean, the nicest beaches on the East Coast. I'll, 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 you know, I'll reserve my special privilege for for the for the West Coast and the, some of the beautiful beaches that I love out there. But, but you know, the Outer Banks are are in um, in North Carolina. There's a reason that people drive from all you know from all over I-95 and 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 beyond to get to the Outer Banks. Because they they literally are. I mean, they're as nice as any any beaches that you could. You can imagine, and also just for water sports more broadly, from everything of you know, not just lying on a beach, but also um, the 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 sound is 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 tremendous fishing and boating and mm. uh, and all that sort of thing. And and then there's also you, but if you go to the western part of North Carolina or um, in around Asheville and just north of of uh, Charlotte, you, you and up to Boone, which is on the border with Tennessee, you know, you're in the Southern Appalachians, and you just have amazing hiking and views and i'm sure i've sent you more pictures of waterfalls than you know to do with because because it really is if uh, if you guys have seen the hunger games and you've seen the landscapes that those Mm -hmm. those movies are filmed in they're they're filmed in 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 that part of um uh outside of asheville and north carolina Uh, and asheville again as a a small town with big city feel got a got a little campus of the of the um uh university of north carolina at asheville as well and it, for its, you know, punches way above its weight, huge, huge music scene, a lot of like chefs that have come from all sorts of other places because, because it's, it, it's, a, it's a town that has money. I mean, it's, it's a little bit, it sort of reminds me of a place like Aspen where not, you know, the, in the, in the actual heart of downtown, a lot, like a lot of the people don't really live there, but they have places there. <laughs> the rest of the, the re- I hesitate to say, uh, you know, the rest of Western North Carolina is not nearly as affluent as, as is Asheville. Um, but, you know, Asheville has the perks that come with um, that, that kind of geography and that kind of, um, and that kind of wealth, frankly. Well, um, they also have a great donut shop, right? They, they have really good, they have excellent donuts. They have excellent barbecue. They have really good coffee. They have. How about ice cream? Uh, 
ice cream. Durham has a, has one of the best ice cream places uh, I've ever been, so I'll definitely give Ooh. a shout out okay. to Parlor, which started off as a food truck and then and and yes. and is now a, um, a you know a, a, a brick and mortar shop. There's a there's a chain. I wish I could remember the name because I'm just not that into it. But um, there's a chain that has frozen custard really really if we're going to use the term midwestern it has that oh, kind well, of that's culver's it, it oh, has, no, I do like, I it's do not like culver's but it's it is okay. it's it's a sim it's it strikes me as very similar to the kinds of wisconsin custard oh, that yeah, i used to yeah. get frozen what did you say the get. ice cream place was called that you were going to shout out parlor 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 yeah like okay, ice cream okay. parlor it's not the parlor. uh social media site but the ice cream no right. no that's parlay i would call that parlay although oh, it's parlor, parlor. <laughs> okay. i know i know it is parlor um but yeah um I'm sure well, you, you know it's it's North Carolina is a is a state of towns, and by that I mean you're going to drive. It, there are a hundred counties in North Carolina, and it was planned that way, you know, sort of purposefully. Every eighth, every eight year old child in the North Carolina school system learns the name of every county in North Carolina. Wow. So it's a place where you ask that people, "Where are you from?" and they'll say. I'm from Wake County. And you're like, what? Oh. <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't you tell me what city you're from? Because people yeah. don't do that. They tell you what they, they, they use counties as descriptors, oh. which I found a little That's bit totally weird. totally foreign to me. Yeah, I, I had to figure out like what? I don't even know what that means. But if you're from <laughs> North Carolina, you know, you know exactly what that means. And what that means is that every county has a town seat, has a county seat that's a little town. Mm-hmm. In and so you, wherever you are in North Carolina, you're not far from some little town that is just the center of all sorts of commercial activity. So even if you're in the middle of God for say, um, and actually there's a great example, and it's where we where we finished where we uh, the last place we were before we ended up in lockdown. Um, maybe you've seen a PBS ran a series and still runs a a, a bunch of series um, with uh, Vivian Howard who um, opened a restaurant called The Chef and the Farmer, and she's from Lenore. North Carolina, which is a tobacco town, a tobacco town on the coastal plain of North Carolina, about um, not even an hour from from the beach. But if you were there, you'd never think there was a beach within a million miles of the place. It's just <laughs> flat, humid, agricultural land. They grow tons of tobacco, and and they've shifted over. They do they do ho- they run hogs. They 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 shifted over. I guess they have some corn, uh, some corn there too. Pickles, pickles are also cucumbers are really really big in that part of um, part of the state, but. Because Lenore is a because it's this agricultural region, well, you know, you need some place to market your stuff, right? You need to like, what are you gonna do with your tobacco once you farmed your tobacco? You don't wait for some buyer to come in and like, you know, tell you what you're you're gonna get for your tobacco. You take it to town. So every little county has a county seat, which is a railroad hub, which is a merchandise center, which which has a courthouse, which has a little you know, downtown area. So there's tons of towns everywhere you within you know, everywhere you go in North Carolina, you're not very far from a town. Uh, even when you're out in the woods, even when you're out climbing in the mountains, you can, you know, you can pretty much get to a town in a half, you know, in a, in a few hours um, from no, no matter where you go. And tons of those little towns have become kind of meccas for people to say, okay, I'm going to revitalize town. And the chef and the farmer, oh, the, yeah, the restaurant sure. that she runs is the, is a kind of classic Classic example of that. And little place in absolutely in the middle of nowhere and, and easily as good a restaurant as anybody could ever go to. I mean, it's, you know, not super, super, super fine dining, but it's awfully, awfully 
good. It's awfully, it's, it's really, really good. So North Carolina is, uh, I mean, that's, that, uh, that's, that's kind of the thing I did some work on for a long time. And I get, that's how I get to know some of these people. Yeah. Um, but, um, it, it, it definitely prides itself on having not just like old timey, you know, barbecue and grits or, but like a, a very diverse array of different kinds of foods and, and, and you can you really, if you're looking for it, you can find it in North Carolina. Well, it sounds like we could have plenty to do when yes. we come visit you. And I'm so Indeed. happy you put in your I-95 bias. That's the purpose of the center. <laughs> it sounds uh, like we need to do a road trip. It does. It does. But I will say, quickly, I will tell you this. Um, when we went to Kansas City for barbecue, uh-huh. well, I mean, that yeah. was not why we went, but of course, right. went in Rome. So we go to Joe's Barbecue. Right. And the, the sandwich that I ordered was advertised as a North Carolina barbecue uh-huh. at the Kansas City joint. And that's what I ordered, and I loved it. So I felt a little Good. guilty that that was my favorite because <laughs> I was in Kansas City. But it, I think what makes Kansas City barbecue, and maybe you can – I'm yeah. sorry. I think what makes North Carolina barbecue different is the coleslaw on top of a pulled pork sandwich. I don't know. Maybe it's the sauces, but that's what they describe okay. it as with the coleslaw, and I love it. So do you really want me to talk to talk about this? Because you know, because you are, <laughs> you know, you're the, you're the expert. I mean, no, no, no. Pigs. Okay, here's here's the thing. If you say you are an expert in North Carolina on barbecue, you are asking someone to punch you in the face. <laughs> because the okay, well, we don't want you to say that. Because like your expertise is completely wrong. No, that's not right. There's, okay, but you did write a book called Real Pigs, so did, you can you can talk about this. A I can bit. talk about it. It didn't actually have much to do with barbecue, but it, it had a lot to do with. But like, it had to do with pigs. It had to do with pigs. But in North Carolina, I mean, if I just give you the the sort of standard average rote response, there's two kinds of barbecue in North Carolina. One is what's called Eastern style North Carolina, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. means that you basically, usually, not always, but usually cook an entire pig in a pit, which is classically is like a hole in the ground with a grate uh, on the hole and, 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 and charcoal and, and wood burning fire underneath it, and then you sort of cover up the thing and cover the pit and, and, the, and the hogs get smoked in the pit. For um, and that's a long why everybody, time, right? Like for like more a, than twelve day. hours. Oh yeah, yeah, overnight, all day. Yeah, you know, literally yeah. twenty four hours. Reminds is not me unusual. of a luau, actually. It is a little bit like a luau, um, yeah, and it's a very similar sort of texture. A luau is less smoky because it just retain. The whole idea of a luau is to is to like um, get rocks superheated and and bury them in the ground and put your pig on top of that and then bury the the whole mess. So it's like retain it t- retains a lot of moisture. And, the, and it more it steams the, the the pig, whereas smoking it's similar to steaming, but it's it's got that char to it, so it's a little bit different. But the, but and you rarely find people now that actually cook in a pit, but they definitely cook over hardwoods, preferably, uh, and that and that's why people are called pitmasters because the idea is that you know oh, all okay. this uh, all this stuff was cooked in a pit. And and you're absolutely right, a luau is is also cooked in a pit, but not with not typically not with hardwoods, and okay. so. So then, and you then you have what's called a pig picking, right? Which is like the entire pig is like torn apart, and all of the all, all bits and pieces of the pig end up chopped up, uh, usually in almost like grated finely. <laughs> um, and and then the sauce is the critical thing in Eastern North Carolina. The sauce is nothing but black pepper and vinegar. Mm. I mean, sometimes red pepper, 
sometimes apple cider vinegar, sometimes a tiny bit of sugar in the vinegar, but it's basically, you know, real old timey hardcore folks would tell you it is nothing but black pepper and vinegar and variations on that idea. And then when you get to Western side of North Carolina, it's really shoulders and hams that are cooked this way. So you don't took the entire part, mostly because like the hogs don't, don't come from there. They've come from down East where they've already been processed. And so the pigs have been sold for, off for parts because that's what you'd, you know, you, you raise a bunch of pigs in North Carolina and then you ship them off to godforsaken parts of Virginia and you're not going to sell the whole pig that way. You're going to sell ribs and then you're going to, and you're, you know, and you're going to sell pork chops and you're going to sell, um, yeah. you know, country style ribs and you're going to sell hams and things like that. So the pigs are already in parts. And then, but so by the time you get to Western North Carolina, you're using shoulders and hams and that, and people out there see that's, that's better because those are the best parts of the pig to go into a barbecue because they have a lot of fat in them and, you know, intramuscular fat and things like that. So you get, they, they, they stay very, very moist. And that's why people like that. Um, also hardwoods, you gotta use hardwoods. Absolutely no, nobody will tolerate any other kind of cooking, no gas cooking or anything like that. Although I believe me, plenty of really good barbecue places use other, other methods for cooking. But then the trick is that they take their sauce is, is, takes that same Eastern style sauce, but adds ketchup. So it uses it, it, so it adds some sweetness, oh. adds a little bit of tomato and adds a little bit of thickness. And, and which people say that's, that's what pork is great for, right? Pork is a little bit sweet mm-hmm. and you want to have a little yep. bit of sweetness in that. So whereas in North, you know, in Eastern North Carolina, I think it's, you know, they basically think that's like putting ketchup on your barbecue. I mean, it just sounds disgusting and terrible and like there's something <laughs> wrong with you if you do that. So, so there isn't, there's no such thing as North Carolina barbecue. That's, that's, that's really okay. the point. There is, well, there are lots and lots of different kinds of North Carolina barbecue, and there are at least two major, d- distinct, okay. and there, are, and, you know, no conversation can be had <laughs> across those aisles about what North Carolina barbecue really is. Okay, well that's interesting because yeah, I didn't yeah. hear you mention coleslaw well, anywhere, but I am no, no, no. There's coleslaw. Well, there's coleslaw on both of them. There's, there's, oh, there's, there's on both definitely coleslaw okay. on, on on both kinds of sandwich. Um, I think what I probably yeah. had was Western because I don't think yeah. I would have liked vinegar based sauce. Yeah. You, you 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 would think you don't. Most people that try it the first time don't like it, and then after it's what you eat for the next you know two or three years, it's the only thing you ever want because you really learn to appreciate the flavor flavor of mm, pork. Well, maybe I, it was. If I had to pick what I was going to have for barbecue, and it's the last time I was going to have barbecue, it definitely would be Eastern style style barbecue. This okay. just yeah, and, and there's some really great. That's that's the other thing you can do. Going to barbecue tour with me if you come to North Carolina. I'll be happy Absolutely. to take you to. And you know, I know I, you know, I, I, I think you know that I've recently said that I'm a vegan, but I'm not like a strict vegan. I will make exceptions. And uh, when we were just in Texas not long ago, we had barbecue takeout from San Antonio, which I know we won't get into Texas barbecue. We won't get into an argument about which. Oh, that that ain't no part of nothing. But it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm excited about. This just gives me more opportunity to have barbecue so now i can have yeah. west carolina north carolina versus east so i get to have barbecue at least twice so i can right. really compare and get a good idea mm-hmm. i think that's i think that's absolutely vital yeah. well, <laughs> that, that's awesome. and then i'll finish it off with ice cream that can I, be arranged I'm, I, I'm confident that that can be arranged yeah. absolutely I, i'm sure it can be arranged because we're yeah. coming whether you like it or not <laughs> okay you sold us on it so now we're coming for sure yeah so uh, i think you did a great job of selling us on it and you uh, your expertise shown here today shined shown Phew. and i want so i, I want to thank you for coming on with us i want to thank you for having me 
yeah, and uh, thank you to the Hall of Famer for coming on with me. Uh, I thought I think it's a very fun first show. I'll let you be the judge of that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again next Central Standard Time. <laughs> That'd be great. Alrighty, thanks y'all for listening, and thanks for giving this podcast a try. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Midwest Bias Pod. You can email your questions, discussion topics, comments to midwestbiaspod at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe. We're available on multiple platforms, such as the big ones, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, TuneIn Radio, and quite a few more. And we'll be adding more as time goes on. And finally, if you like the show, please consider rating it and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts. I guess that's really helpful. Um, I'm not sure why or how it's helpful, but I guess it is. Please also consider liking and retweeting us on Twitter to help spread the word. We want all the biases. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Bye now. I love food.